Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Stephen, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for embarrassing me as well. It's a joy to be here this evening, and uh, it, it really is a great pleasure. But as Charlie and I stand up here this evening, we have a problem. We stand among people who've done and sacrificed great things out of love for God and love for others. And yet we haven't really sacrificed anything. We haven't even gone anywhere. That is, I suppose, unless you exclude coming all the way from England. I see people shaking their heads, so probably not. But I've been on the staff here at Hamilton Road for a year, and Charlie's been at Belfast Bible College. But basically, we've not sacrificed a thing. And as we think about Japan, it doesn't look like a country that needs much sacrifice. It's a beautiful country. It's a clean country. It's a, a safe country. It's a wealthy country. In many ways, it's a great place to live. It's a place where the trains run on time where there's every kind of gadget, there's electricity, there's the internet, there's even things like this. Every need of ours is going to be taken care of. I'm told they even have heated seats. (laughs) It doesn't look like there's going to be much sacrifice. And in many ways, as we prepare to go to Japan, there's not much material sacrifice. And it's a little bit tricky, I think, to, to talk about sacrifice before you go without sounding like you're whinging. So if it sounds like that, excuse me, But we've tried to think of three main areas where there will be sacrifices. And many of them are not unique, particularly to Japan, not unique probably even to us. And we hope that for those of you who support people who are about to go or have just gone to the mission field, this will be an encouragement. But uh, as we think of these areas, uh, we hope to show you why these sacrifices are necessary if Japan is to be reached for Jesus But we also hope to show you how God loves to and can and so often does turn little sacrifices into great blessings. So the first sacrifice that we thought about and probably one that jumps to everybody's mind is the sacrifice of separation. Now, when you go off overseas, um, you're separating yourself from your family, um, from your friends, from everything that's familiar to you. And James and I are actually heading off to Japan in October, which is really soon. And um, we're heading off to the north of Japan. And as you can see on the map up here, it's right up next to Russia. So hopefully that gives you an idea of how far away it is from Bangor. I actually had to prepare this talk around at my parents' house this week because they're borrowing my laptop at the moment. Um, Their computer has decided to die on them. Um, And basically, whilst I was there, I realized, whoa, this is a big thing. I'm leaving my parents. They were sort of buzzing around me, offering me cups of tea and as much food and whatever that I could, could think of. And I was trying to do my work, but they were obviously trying to take care of all my needs. And I just realized it's going to be hard not being able to just drop in and have a chat whenever I want to. And for my parents, um, 
it might actually be five years before I get to see my mum again or have a wee cup of tea with her in her front room. And at the same time, for things like my wee nephews, at the moment they're just toddlers and they're in their nappies and they're talking and things, but they're not going to remember who we are in five years. The only thing they're going to see of us is pictures around the house and possibly hearing our voice on the phone. But at the same time, whilst the reality of separation is difficult and it is a sacrifice, James and I really do believe Jesus when he says in Mark's gospel, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in the age to come, eternal life. And I can testify to this truth in my life already. We, when we've gone to Japan, there's been such a big welcome for us, and we've gone to churches where they haven't known us, but right there, there's a family. And I know that when we go, it'll be so hard, but there's brothers and sisters who haven't even met us yet, who are going to welcome us and love us and Because we've come to share the gospel with their brothers and sisters, they'll be so warm and welcoming to us. And that just makes the sacrifice so worth it. Well, one of the things, another sacrifice is we need to get to grip with many strange new things. Is this working? I don't know quite what the story is behind this, but it's pretty strange. But they tell you in our training that these things aren't so much strange as different. They often appear pretty weird to us, but they're just different ways of doing things. And as we go to Japan, we'll need to spend a lot of time learning about the language and learning about the culture. And for the first two years in Japan, that's pretty much all we'll do. do. It's a steep mountain to climb. To to read the newspaper, you need to learn to read something like 2,500 of the little Chinese characters. Some of them are on there. And as we get off the plane, it'll be like stepping back in time in many ways. We'll become like little children who can't really understand what's going on, who can't communicate, who are often in the way, doing the wrong things. And I guess often it will be frustrating, not least because for two years we can't really say anything about Jesus. And it feels in some ways like a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice many people have made before us and many people make in many countries But it's such a necessary sacrifice. Because if we don't learn the language, if we can't communicate to the Japanese in their heart language, then the gospel will always be foreign to them. Many Japanese think Christianity is good for the Westerner, but it's not good for the Japanese. So we need to be able to say to them, it's not. It's for you. Jesus is your God. He died for you. But we need to be able to say it in Japanese. But we don't just need to learn the language, we need to learn the culture to get inside people's heads, really to understand how the Japanese think. And one of the the things Japanese love is harmony. They hate disharmony or conflict in relationships. And so it often means that they won't say no to your face. I've been a few times before on, on summer teams, and one of the things we do is run an English cafe, and we go into the uh, Japanese universities and invite people to come to the cafe. And it's a bit like a zoo, really, I suppose. Come and meet the foreigners. Come and see how they behave. 
And so we invite these people in the university, and we say to them, would you like to come to a, to a, a cafe? And they say, yes. And we say, well, there'll be a talk about Jesus. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, we'll see you tonight. Yes. And we were so excited. We must have said to so many people, will you come? So many people said yes. And we prayed all afternoon. We got ready. And come 7 o'clock, we thought, this is the beginning of revival in North Japan. And then 7 o'clock came. And no one. Ten minutes later, maybe one person. After 20, maybe two. And we thought, what on earth happened? It seems like Japanese people are just dishonest. Why didn't they say that they, they didn't want to come? But the reality is they didn't want to break the relationship to us. We should have understood in their body language that they were really saying no. And if we were Japanese, we would have done. And that's a slightly stupid example, really. But it's the kind of thing that's actually quite important. The Japanese long to preserve the relationship. They don't want to say no to your face. So we need to sacrifice time and energy, just like many missionaries. We need to be prepared to be embarrassed and laughed at. But in doing that, I think God gives great blessing as we learn to praise him in Japanese and talk to him in Japanese. We're reminded he's not the God of the English or the God of the Irish, but he's the God of the Japanese, of the whole world. As we live with people who love relationships, who hate disharmony, we learn more of our God, who's just the same, loving relationships, hating disharmony. So there is great blessing from these sacrifices. Um, the final strange new thing that came to my mind when we were preparing this was the food now, I absolutely love food, and in particular, I really like sweet things. Cakes, desserts, buns, you name it, I'm there. Um, and I just really enjoy food. But there's one kind of food that I'm really not particularly keen on, and you might have guessed it, it's fish. So when I first decided to go to Japan on a short-term team, Obviously, I realized the Japanese eat an awful lot of fish, and they tend to eat it raw, which, for my mind, is just an oh, absolute nightmare. And I was actually really worried about this. I was thinking, how can I serve God in Japan? I don't like fish. <laughs> but God knew that I was concerned about this, and he really does care about every little thing. And a few days before I went to Japan, I was at a, a missionary conference that was all about Japan. And there was these few lady missionaries who were sort of in their 80s and a bit older. And uh, one of these ladies said to me, oh, I hate fish too, but I managed to survive a lifetime in Japan. And I thought, that's great. That's just what I needed to hear. So I resolved to, to say the little prayer, Lord I'll get it down if you keep it down. And that sort of got me through the whole time when we were in Japan. And just to give you an idea of this, one afternoon, this lovely pastor from a church took us out and wanted to spoil us and really took us out to um, a beautiful spa and then took us for lunch. And she was just so warm and so loving. And she decided to take us for sushi. And I thought, great because sushi is basically a lot of raw fish. 
And she, because she was a lady and I was the only girl, kind of took me under her wing and kept giving me all this raw fish, kind of saying, this is lovely. And I was like, you know what? It wasn't lovely to me, but she was lovely. And really, I realized the wonderful thing about food is, is who you're eating it with much more than what you're eating. And for me, I guess, my prayer is, I'll come to love fish. But even if I don't, I do love the Japanese and I do want them to know Jesus. So I think it's, it's a sacrifice, but, you know, there'll always be buns to come home to in Northern Ireland and cups of tea. So that's, uh, that was just the one sacrifice I thought of. I think a final big sacrifice is the slow growth in Japan. Protestant missions have been in Japan for 150 years this year. When we go in October, we'll be able to get a missionary visa to go. There's freedom to preach the gospel. And yet less than half a percent of Japanese are Christians. The average church is something like 30 people. So a meeting like this would be almost unheard of. And still the overwhelming number of people in Japan bow down to idols like this. It's a model of indigenous Shinto spirit worship and Buddhism. And really, idol worship is just what you do if you're a Japanese. These tiny children are being taught to worship idols. So the work is very slow. Um, The work is very slow. We've had friends there that I think have probably been there about 25 years now. And in their first 20 years, they saw two Maybe three people come to know the Lord. They're good people, faithful people, who love the Japanese and love the Lord Jesus, and yet no visible fruit. And maybe there's some ways they could change their tactics or or, or do things differently, but by and large, under God, they're doing the very best they can. And I think a massive sacrifice to see no fruit. And yet I think that kind of ministry is entirely biblical. Reminds me of a man called Isaiah, who were sent by God to preach to a people, to close their eyes and to harden their hearts. And I guess in many ways, those guys made a big sacrifice. There's some countries, and praise the Lord for this, there's some countries where people can go and realistically expect to see thousands converted as they preach the word. But Japan just isn't like that at the moment. Charlie and I would love to be involved in student-based church work. It's how we came to know the Lord And we love to go into universities to get the gospel into people's hands, to build Christians up in the Lord, and then to get them reaching out with their friends that they might come to know the Lord Jesus too. And we hope and pray that God would come down and make himself known in Japan in a big way. We know that he can do it, but for some reason at the moment he chooses not to. It's ones and twos. Yet if we love God... If we love the Japanese, this sacrifice is necessary because this is a land. Just look at this picture. This is a land where God's glory is robbed, taken away and given to to idols, just like that. It's a land where unnumbered souls are dying and pass into the night. This is a, a Japanese cemetery. Unnumbered souls are dying and pass into the night. It's a land that needs the gospel preached desperately. But one of the blessings of slow work is the encouragements are even more encouraging. And just one little encouragement. We 
Charlie and I both went two years ago to Kobe in the south of Japan to a tiny little church in the middle of nowhere. And it was a, quite a big church for a, I don't know, it really was the middle of nowhere. And there were 200 people meeting there regularly. It was amazing, really. And there was one woman who longed to come to the church, but her husband wouldn't let her. And then she got Parkinson's disease. And through that, he became a bit more relaxed and was prepared to let her go out. And just around the same time, we arrived in that church, and we began to teach English for a week. And that was her opening, to come to church. And at these English classes, there was just a tiny snippet of the gospel. And uh, we left, didn't hear anything more of it. And then, out of the blue, got an email about two months ago to say that this lady had been faithfully coming to church week after week after week and was about to be baptized Praise the Lord, a tiny little encouragement, but a massive encouragement nonetheless, a soul saved forever. It is slow work, it's ones and twos, but God really is at work in Japan. So as we close tonight, um, James and I just wanted to ask you guys uh, to make a sacrifice of your own. Jesus calls us to follow him And part of following him includes sacrifice. Whether you stay here or whether you go far afield, we need to to make that sacrifice ourselves. And the thing that I would say is that we can all do, and it's something that lots of the speakers have said, is will you make the sacrifice of prayer? Will you petition the Lord for the work of missionaries all around the world? And I don't just mean the work we're doing. I mean any of the works that we've heard about this week and if you're not praying regularly monthly going to a prayer meeting or receiving um, prayer bulletins from missionaries why not all you need to do is commit yourself to one thing not not all the things you've heard about this week but just one thing and commit faithfully now omf the organization we're going to work with has two prayer meetings right here in Bangor every month. And all the other organizations that you've heard from this week will have similar prayer meetings or prayer bulletins that you could sign up for and pray for regularly. And just as I finish, I wanted to share with you um, words of a famous missionary called J. O. Fraser. And he says about prayer, solid, lasting missionary work is done on our knees. So really, in order to make any of these sacrifices possible, we need people praying and sacrificing their time uh, for, for prayer. And finally, James and I would just like to say thank you so much for having us. Um, it's been a real privilege. And what the, it says on the screen is, in Japanese, is thank you. And they would say, arigato gozaimasu. So thank you very much. And I hope you've had a wonderful week. We certainly have. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.